Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, Fightful.com, here with a name you know. We got Brian Myers. They got Figure Wrestling Federation live Thursday, April 8th at MajorWFPod.com. There, there's so much going on with you at any given time. And uh, you, you got the Impact stuff going on. You got Figure Wrestling Federation going on. You got the Major uh, Major Wrestling Pod Network, which... Uh, has just expanded even like you got a lot of stuff going on yeah i think uh <laughs> i think i just love wrestling a little too much you know i can't i just can't get enough i mean i have the creative pro wrestling academy where i'm training guys yeah. like i just i just love it in so many ways and so many aspects that i've just really spread that that seed if you will a yeah. little too far but i i'm very happy so i mean uh it's nothing but good stuff but i'm constantly busy because of it but that, it's all good but I mean, when people like ask me, "Oh, do you ever get tired of wrestling?" I'm like, "No, not really, not not I mean, really." If if you're a real nutcase and you love it, like people like you and I, yeah, no, I don't know, nuts. I literally go to bed every night watching wrestling, like after a full day of doing wrestling filled stuff, usually. So, so pretty, me- pretty messed up. <laughs> I'm gonna conduct this interview almost backwards from the way that I usually do it. I solicit okay. like viewer questions, reader questions, and okay. usually I save them for the end. But I got some really good ones that I think you might like. Sure, and now here's away. the thing. I, I like anonymity from these people, so we'll give first name, last initials. The first one is from Matt C. from Long Island. Oh, man. Who could this guy be? Who says, do you know your major, uh, major pod password? First off, this guy, let's just disclose this right away. He's away on vacation. Okay. Right now, in this moment, as we're doing this interview, he's away in a rented house on vacation with several beautiful women surrounded by booze, and he's yet he's decided to troll me on this midday interview. Like, get a life, Matt. Go we we go have another question from Long Island. It's from a smart Mark S. Oh, man. Here we go. And it says, can I have Saturday off? And then Matt C. followed up with no immediately. Yeah, that, that, that all checks out, yeah. I, the things I bother Mark Sterling with and the things that Matt bothers him with are night and day. Yeah. We we also have an Ethan P. from Canada. Oh, man. Who requests that I ask about Zack Ryder's knees. 
Oh man, they're they're shaky. We all know that. He had to request a sit down interview with Impact last week because he couldn't come out to the ring. His knees are so bad. So, you tell me. And then, this, by, by the way, have you ever had this many celebrities come out for your your questions? These are completely anonymous <laughs> people. I don't know who you're talking I'm just, about. I'm just saying. But I, I had one specific internet troll, and I'm not sure who this is, but the name reads Maxwell Jacob F. Oh, from Plainview, go. New York, who said, uh-huh. "What's it like to train the greatest wrestler who ever lived in MJF?" Oh, I thought you'd say Chris Statlander, but he's saying MJF. <laughs> hmm, I'll have to think on that. Well, he he sent several others. He said, "Please recount the AIW CPA dumpster incident in your good thoughts. lord." That's a, I don't know what, what's this show rated. Is there a rating on this? No, no, no oh, anything man. goes. I don't think we can tell that one. But well, we'll follow up. He said, "Talk to the people about Walter the janitor." Oh, Wally, he's the legend. He's he's a creator for a legend, living legend. And then he asks, how many coconut waters did you have to throw out at Creative Pro? Oh, dude. He's, he's well, I, uh, MJF's hard to explain for people that know him truly. Like, he is wise beyond his years in some aspects. And then in other aspects, he's about as immature as a, uh, my four-year-old. So uh, I think he just grew up in a house where his parents just cleaned up after him after every little thing he did. So every day he had this giant Zico coconut water he'd bring to practice. And sure enough, I'd find a three-fourths, you know, emptied coconut water that I had to throw out every day at my school because he treated it like a dumpster. Yeah. But I, I'll give him a pass on that because for, for whatever reason, a lot of my students have that problem. I'm like constantly cleaning up empty, you know, energy drinks and water bottles and stuff. And I want to pull my hair out, but. It's well, too beautiful, so I can't do that. I wonder if you'll give him a pass for our last reader question. He says, DJ Hyde and Drew Cordero have had uh, have had a huge hand in Bear Bronson's success. Have you ever <laughs> formally thanked them? Uh, I have a big to-do list. That's pretty, pretty low. Pretty, pretty low. low on the list. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I, I got to say, I, I've mentioned this to Matt when, when he's been on the show before, like, the show that you guys do got me back into figure collecting for the first awesome. time since I was. We, we we love hearing that kind of feedback. Yeah, I thought it was it was awesome, and it was specifically the toy vomit episode. I watched it, and I had just started traveling for this job. AEW mm-hmm. launched, and and it kind of reinvigorated traveling media. And I was like, oh, I need to take down the city that this is in. That way, when I travel, I can go there. Yeah. Well, then you all said Lexington, Kentucky, and I was like, that's forty five minutes from my house. Awesome. And I've been there like every couple weeks since. It's the best. Is is that something that you guys are hearing a lot of? Because when you guys talk about something on the show, it changes the market for a product even. Yeah. I mean, that was like, an in, you know, we're just literally being ourselves. I say this all the time. The, the podcast is literally the conversations that Matt and I were just having in the car. And now <laughs> we're just recording it. You know, that's how real and true to life like our our collections are and our obsessions and stuff that go along with it. And then... It just, you know, when are these out loud thoughts uh, got to the ears of people like you and then you get these sentimental feelings and you go back and get maybe this, you know, wrestling figure you had when you were a kid that you loved or the one you never had. And it just makes you feel good. There's, it's, it's hard to explain. Um, you know, we always say you can't go in a time machine, but you can you can kind of, you know, get those sentimental feelings back. You know, maybe there's there's something attached to it. Like, you, you know, your dad bought it for you and he's since passed on. You know, and we've, we've had people come out to us with some pretty unbelievable stories, you know, and, and I think a lot of people, you know, the, the go-to thing is like, Oh my God, a podcast about wrestling figures, but it's, it's, is so much more than that. And it's become so much more than that. And, uh, you know, we, we are just grateful that like, you know, there's that many more like-minded people that, that dig what we're, we're putting out there. Cause we're literally just being ourselves being idiots, uh, talking about wrestling, like, like 
we would have in the car. Well, admittedly, I, I was not collecting figures anymore, but I was still watching the stuff on YouTube. I was still uh, listening to the podcast because it was something that I had liked in the past. And then I was a little down in the dumps last, I think maybe May or June. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to refamiliarize myself with some stuff that made me happy when I was younger. Totally, and yeah. that helped. I started to collect loose Jack's BCAs. And awesome. I think you did the, the complete history of the ECW figures. I saw the Taz figure, and I was like, that's the dopest figure I've ever seen in my life. I'm, yeah. i i got to collect those now. So, I mean, like, you you guys, when you talk about a certain product even, like, it has an effect on the market. Absolutely, but that that's all, like, by mistake. That's sure. just, we just, we're just, and then a lot of it, like, we're, it's part of, like, the news, almost like out of our job. Like, hey, did you see how much that rock card went for this week? And then we got to talk about it, you know? So it's going to just, it's just going to bring more interest to it, but that's by, you know, coincidence default however you want to look at it i mean i i just think that's that's so cool and now i mean you guys did a signing at toy vomit in in lexington and i was there the line was wrapped around the store like i mean this stuff has has blown up and taken off and and my god sometimes even hornswoggle gets a payday off of it yeah, yeah. you guys it's are like creating our, jobs out he, here uh, just like he was in dx he's our unofficial mascot right i love so it we love I, it too i love it one time i interviewed um Hornswoggle was in Winston-Salem at, at WrestleCade, and, and uh, Ethan Page was there. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. you, you complained about clickbait. Tell me what you want the title of this article to be. And oh, he man. looks square at Ethan Page, and he says, Ethan Page will never make it in the wrestling business. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to say interview with the Six Mania man, Dylan Postel. That, that's oh, his go-to. God. He well, was part of Six Six Manias. I don't know if you know that or not. Yeah, my, Was he? <laughs> six? Yeah. Yeah. God almighty. I, I actually wanted to ask you about one of the, the more fond WrestleMania moments in recent memory, you breaking your losing streak. And I mean, that was something that you had embraced the losing streak because, and you said it in a video that they produced for it. Like I'd rather be talked about than not talked about. And that was mm-hmm. a great way to do it. How far ahead of WrestleMania did you find out you'd be winning the title at WrestleMania? Oh. So close to your home. Th- the three days, four days, maybe the most. Because wow. I, I remember- we didn't even know we we left that raw the week you know with that six days out we weren't even sure if we had the match or if that was really happening it was kind of uh not to steal from another podcast it was rumor and innuendo we didn't even, <laughs> like no one had told us officially or anything so it was in a program wasn't it like because that's when I first heard about it when we I were doing think, the news updates I'm pretty sure like we were at like a maybe a like an access appearance or something and our phone started to blow up that someone got the program and it was in that that thing of all the matches and stuff we're like oh, okay and then maybe later that day the producer like contact us like hey i got your match it's happening so it was so very ha- very last minute who who gave you that that news because i mean that's pretty big news to hear i want i want to say man i was sitting together at the signing for access and like it was like twitter everything oh, okay. you know all the above it was all kind of like you know happening at the same time so i mean that was a, a, a very Wild situation for a few reasons. One, so close to home. Two, yep. ending one of the biggest stories that you had had in WWE, which a lot of people were, were getting behind. Three, you were facing now FTR, who had just asked for their release like two mm-hmm. months before that and yeah. had the titles. How, how did all that go Like when, when you're leading up to it? It was, uh, I know, I, t- I say people this all the time. I used to never, I embraced the streak so much, and it honestly it was so much fun. Like, I literally. I like it was like a magic trick. I took the politics out of pro wrestling, and that's 
impossible otherwise right because i you know everyone's showing up hoping like oh is this the day am i gonna get a push am i gonna win this or that i literally took all that out of my life i'd show up be like what's this guy's finish oh awesome i'm gonna take it the best i possibly can because that's literally my job now because i'm i've completely embraced the streak and it was so much fun so i what i would try not to do and i never really did was think about how it would end because i felt like i would just drive myself crazy and i was really enjoying it so what's the point so i never could have conjured this all up and like like kind of like you're saying it all happened so fast i really had no time to think about it or kind of you know it was it was such a whirlwind really um but i mean it all worked out like it was a for real dream scenario hometown littering for my my wife and my daughter you know i got a kiss from them in the front row after i won the belt with my best friend in my hometown in jets inspired gear in the stadium that i go to as a fan you know it's just there was a lot of things attached to that which were pretty surreal you know and, and, and better than that like and it, it was like a whole week of like we had all these awesome appearances and we ran uh we had our second ever live major pod show that was a big success that we like man we just had a really really incredible week you know even, even the next night like barclays was rocking and we had another really good one with revival and just it was just really really uh cool I, I, even not that it even matters but kofi's one of our friends for 15 years we you know started in developmental when we all three of us were literally couldn't be next to nothing nobody's you know and to see him on that same show uh do what he did like there's just so much good feelings <laughs> attached to that day and that week uh i'll never forget it I'll be, and i'll forever be grateful for that you know i mean at the end of the day if i never wrestle in wwe again like who, I, it's, I don't want to say who cares but i'll always have that moment you know it's pretty special it feels like that was so long ago because of the 2020 that we experienced like as as we film this there has not been a wrestlemania in front of a fan since then and it feels that makes it feel so long ago but Mm -hmm. it's uh i had mentioned how the revival had asked for their release beforehand but when in in my experiences with them it was not about them being champions it was not about them winning matches it was more about we want a tag team division built yeah. Like, so I would imagine they were they were more than happy to do business with you, right? I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure they saw the big picture, like their heels. It's my hometown, the streak. Like there's there's meat on the bone of that. Like it wasn't just this, you know, nothing event or you know losing it to a mishmash tag team that made no sense. Like these two guys that have been you know on and off tag team and former champions since they were 18. You know, like there was a lot to it. So uh, they they were totally cool about. It. They were down for everything and uh you know the, the stuff with them and their contract and lots of, i mean that was their business i never even asked them about it but i totally get their stance you know these guys are so passionate about tag team wrestling and for the longest time wwe is not really the place to to get your fill of it you know it's just it's just uh it's vince's playground everyone's playing it and he doesn't seem to be too ever into the tag teams you know <laughs> you know but well, they're the first thing to kind of go to the wayside when he gets focused on something else i think and now they've joined one of one of your students, MJF, in the yeah. pinnacle. When the pinnacle. you see stuff like that, I mean, a team that you had a connection with through an important moment of your career, now they're having a hand in an important career that you have helped mold. You're seeing this with regularity now, like people all over the place that you have had a, a major hand in. How, how does that feel for you? Because I would imagine you're nowhere near done in the ring yourself. So to be able to to have so many successful careers launch out of something that you created. It's got to feel great. Yeah. I think that's the big difference with my school is that I'm still like fully in the fight of trying to be a big time mega wrestling pro wrestling star myself, you know, <laughs> as long as my students. So I think that's a, another thing that really separates creative pro from other schools is that I'm there like literally doing these drills. Cause I need to work out too. You know, the guys are in there with me. Like I'm not just standing around pointing and stuff, you know? And I, uh, 
for the, the other side of that question, I I just saw Tony Khan last week at at the Impact tapings, and I said, man, I watched that uh, Revolution pay per view, and I was like, it was it was weird. For the first time, I was like swelling up with pride to like watch a wrestling event that I had nothing to do with, you know, because I just had so many people on this show that I was either like very very good friends with, or I've had a hand in, even like Reynolds and Silver, you know, guys I've been friends with for years and years and years, and helped every which way I possibly can, and I've, I've stuck my neck out for them so many times to be like these guys are awesome they just need a chance they just need more eyes on them you know and you know uh max caster there's just so there's just i was like it was crazy man it was so like i said just said thank you man thanks for you know believing in my guys and trusting them because like I, it was so surreal to watch that event i was like literally swelling with pride watching it uh how, how have your interactions been with tony Khan when you've seen him backstage i mean he seems like a pretty pretty easy guy to deal with oh he's awesome so the first time i ever got to talk to him was on my podcast we interviewed him yeah uh, about the new action figures and that conversation was about action figures but of course it just was all over the place because he's a legit wrestling fan yeah just like me and matt so like we were shooting the shit about like everything in between and it was like so fun i'm like oh this guy's great you know he didn't uh didn't seem like the boss of this you know million dollar wrestling company he was like so fun and easy to talk to especially since we had something so uh so in common it was awesome so yeah it, it's it's cool for me to see tony my first interaction with him was him randomly dropping in my DMs and telling me happy birthday. And I was like, y- you know, that's never happened with Vince. <laughs> you, <laughs> never, you sure? had, never had I Linda we, I think we could. Uh, I think we could go back to that. What was that? M Cardona question. Yes. I don't think Vince. I don't think Vince knows the password to his Twitter account to even, write you, to even write you that. So fair. Do you remember when there was the cranky Vince account? On that was Twitter? that was so inside that I don't know who it was, but it was somebody close to the company for sure that that was the rumor was that there's no way that was just some random fan unless there was like a i don't know a super fan who's seen every shooter interview ever in documentary and was like full-blown obsessed with vince i don't know because it was too if i was a betting man i'd say that was somebody people accused yeah. jbl of it because like there was there's, like a tweet that went out at the same yeah, time yeah but there's never been any real yeah. evidence right yeah that, that's got that's a next that's a future investigative piece for me like so i gotta find dark, out who, dark, dark side of the ring cranky vince coming yeah. soon i mean that was a wonderful piece of twitter at, at yeah. every given time at any given yeah. time uh we, we've spoken about wrestlemania week we've spoken about the show you have the figure wrestling federation live coming up i dig the figure wrestling federation so much uh <laughs> like like things from from the hog and henry godwin coming oh, out man. like ridiculous it's, it's another one of those like Everything about the major pod is is fun, okay? That, that's the whole point. Like, we wouldn't do it if it wasn't fun. And the whole point of his existence is making you remember all the fun things about why you fell in love wrestling in the first place, you know? That's why everyone loves it so much. So, for those people listening that have no clue what we're talking about, it just spawned out of, like, it was just another happy accident, man. We we were looking for bonus content, and we had a draft, of a live draft of action figures. And it just got out of control, and everyone loved it. Then they were like, what if we use those figures we drafted and book a show and everyone loved it until it spawned into its own mini series. that got so out of hand that I was writing an 11 seg television show, bro. Every week. It was so much freaking work on top of the podcast and being a pro wrestler and a dad of two and, uh, you know, a loving husband. There was so much that went into it. Uh, and then outside of like, you know, living in this COVID world, we decided like, man, a main thing that Matt and I would love to do is run a live wrestling show, you know, and have, you know, you know, whoever we could get, if it's, you know, the headbangers, whatever, just make a fun event, you know, and run this show and call it the FWF, the figure wrestling federation. So 
with the restrictions of what we're living in and the best way to do it, we kind of stole straight up stole from the, the talking shop, a mania business model. <laughs> and uh, I'm super excited for people to see this. Uh, it starts April 8th and we'll go a week. You'll be able to purchase the stream through a Patreon. It's not a reoccurring Patreon. Don't worry about it. It's a one-time charge. And then the whole thing just goes away. Don't worry about that. There's a couple different tiers for a lot of cool different merch, uh, exclusive merch, even a micro brawler, which people are, crazy obsessed with and i promise you people will want this one it's very very cool um on top of that you get the stream of this amazing wrestling card with you know shane douglas tommy dreamer myself smart mark sterling bear country from aw uh vsk from aw dark um it's a lot of fun stuff so we put a lot into this a lot of money a lot of effort (laughs) but i'm so excited for our fan base to indulge so can't wait for april 8th the draft specifically, I think, is what made me decide to collect Jack's BCAs again, because that's where I left off. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man, this is cool. So from that draft, I was hooked. Oh, awesome. Because I found myself sitting there watching you all draft figures and, like, criticizing the picks. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, Jesus, man. Yeah, what am yeah. I doing here? Yeah, yeah. So that, like, not if, if people care, but Matt was picking, like, the sentimental ones. Okay, well, I had this one growing up, so I wanted that. But I'm like, no, I'm picking the best cosmetically pleasing one, in, yeah. in my opinion. You know, the one that, you know, is, is the most toyetic, if you will. Of course. Uh, another another aspect, because as I mentioned, you're doing everything. Extreme conversations. Man, I the, the first episode of that that I got to listen to was just incredible and it's such a great look at ECW and I know that you're, you're an ECW fanatic how was that for you getting to, to do that which I mean you had personal relationships with most of these people anyway that, that's how it came about really you know um the podcast was growing and we had this idea to make it a network in which we've had we have we've we've taken on the game marks podcast which is a video wrestling video game podcast which is really cool so if that's in your wheelhouse you'd be all about it we took on uh off the hop rope which is yeah. a podcast that pairs pro wrestling matches with a beer so you know almost like you're you know your wine and cheese and uh matt and i wanted to bring something to the table so he's doing mc true Lion story which is an incredible retrospective 10 years to the date of his z true true long island story that just blew up and really changed the business and uh that's just like getting started that's a weekly podcast and as they keep getting into the nitty-gritty of that i think there's going to be a lot of um Probably a lot of big clickbait, like you were saying, yes. <laughs> out of that. Because yeah. th- that story is just unbelievable, and it's never really, really been told. And I wanted to bring something to the table, and everyone who knows me knows that like ECW is my be-all, end-all. That's my my wheelhouse of pro wrestling fandom. I literally begged Tommy Dreamer when he started his podcast to make his podcast an ECW podcast. He didn't listen. I've had in-depth conversations with Raven where I said, "Dude, you got to do this." Blah blah. He didn't do it. I've asked Conrad Thompson to come, you know, figure out, you know, something on his. I feel like Conrad wants to. He's waiting for the right person type. I get, yeah, I agree. So I was just like, you know what? I have literally befriended all these guys and, you know, just gravitated to them anytime I've ever been around them or share a locker room with them that they're literally in my phone. And most of them are my friends that I speak to on a regular basis. I'm like, you know what? I could do this myself. So, yeah, we put out the the trailers out now or the pilot episode. Um, that's Heatwave 2000, which is so much fun. But the way that Mark Sterling and I have decided to present it requires so much, like, fine-tuning and editing. It's just not like an interview and then that's it. It's going to bounce around and tell stories and go from one guy to the other and things like that. That we decided we're going to just collect it all, edit it all, and just drop it one day, like, Netflix style. So you can just binge listen. So the that's the pilot that's out and the following five episodes are coming hopefully early summer we've already got a lot of it in the can it's been so much fun already but i gotta keep tracking these guys down and 
getting these zoom calls done and getting yeah. all this information. So I'm looking forward to it. So excited to hear this. Cause that first episode was just so good. It was actually at that same WrestleCade that, that I was talking to Hornswoggle at. They had an ECW panel and it was like oh, Rhino awesome. was there. Just incredible was there. Yeah. Uh, Tracy Smothers rest his soul was there. And it's nice. like, oh, there's still so many people around that, Oh yeah. That have such good insight. I mean, Don Callis, a guy that you, you work with. There you go, yeah. There there are just so many people, so I'm really, really digging that, and you guys are, are putting out such such great stuff over there. You had mentioned Talking Shop of Mania earlier. Tell me, what was that that, that process like? Uh, th- those fellas are wild. Um, yeah. I mean, Luke Gallis is one of my best friends in the business. Uh, he's, like, probably one of my favorite people I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> like, he just entertains... He entertains me more than anyone I've ever met in my entire life. Like if if we were deserted on an island together, I'd probably be all right because he'd probably just keep me entertained and be just so funny. Uh, Carl Anderson's a great dude as well. Who we got? I got close to. You know, we traveled together in WWE and by default, you know, through Gallows. And uh, yeah, they were, they came up with this wacky idea, and I was I was hundred percent down from day one to to go for the ride. And the two tapings that I've been a part of have been just pure fun like you can imagine like you guys are seeing it the finished product like being there uh filming it is is equally as fun so uh i know there's more coming and i can't wait to be a part of it so it's almost kind of mind-blowing that like they pay me for it to be honest with you it's mind-blowing that they can still pay people for it with the amount of money that the gallows keeps saying that he's spending on this thing uh, i mean but they're making they're money ma- they're making it back yeah they're making it back you gotta, uh, gotta, you gotta spend money to make money you know yeah that's true so you popped up an impact. I've really loved this run that, that you've had there. Who reached out to you to make the, the impact deal happen? Uh, I want to say within like the first week of the, the mass firing, Tommy dreamer called me and gave me like the hard pitch about impact. Um, and I'm glad he did. Cause I've like kind of fallen in love with impact. It's so fun. And they just let me be me. And cause pro wrestling is is art you know i get to like you know there's no restrictions really obviously i can't do whatever i want but i'm i'm having fun and like you know almost in like a carefree setting for the first time in my career you know letting you know no restrictions and just letting it all go and it's been such a freaking blast and then on the other side of that i work three days a month i can't beat them you know i'm a dad of two i've spent all this time with my family and watching my kids grow up and i'm literally only gone you know, three days a month. And it's, it's the safest, best way to, to film that product. Um, obviously those three days we work hard and long hours and getting all that content in, but, uh, I've loved it. I've loved all the opportunities to, to, to talk and cut promos and stuff, which I never really had a chance to do in WWE almost ever. So it's just been a blast. My friends are there, like, you know, Callison Anderson, now Cardona, um, you know, Swaggle and Ethan page when they were there. So I've just had a blast. Um, I, I can't I don't have a complaint in the world about it, to be honest with you. I think it's a growing product that I know people have soured on over the years, but I think they need to tune back in and give it a chance because it's just so different. It's so far from uh no offense to the Dixie era, if you will. You sure. know, it's just it's a completely different product, completely different show. Um and there's just, just a lot I mean the women's division is incredible there. The there's a lot of young uh talent, you know, Chris Bay and Jake something, there's guys there I think are gonna be big, big stars in the business. Um Heard they're, heard they're bringing in some new women too. Heard there were some new ones at the tapings, which I'll probably put out there over the next week. But oh, nice. Okay. Uh, heard, heard heard a few good names. I mean, they're restocking the cupboards in that regard yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, it's, it's great, man. 
So I, I've noticed like their taping schedule has been a bit more regular this year. Obviously, last year it's going to be spaced out a little bit more about every seven, eight weeks. But this this year it seems like every five weeks or so you guys have about. been going. Yeah, yeah about. Because I know you all go back for, for the Rebellion show and all that. Mm-hmm. How, how have you liked that? Because as you mentioned, three days every month, that's pretty solid. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, that, I got to stay in my school and stay in ring shape yeah. and stuff because that's not for me. I'm too uh, obsessive. Like, I, I have to, like, wrestle once a week or I feel like my body uncalcifies and I lose my wind. You know, I just it's like that time off is a wrestler's worst enemy type scenario is always in my head. Um, so I've, I've gotten used to the schedule and I've gotten used to the the no fans, you know, that 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 you need that extra adrenaline kick that just does not come without fans. You know, that's just that's just me being honest, you know, you know, hearing a live crowd, nothing beats it. You know, wrestling is a live performance art. It is supposed to be in front of people just like a rock show. You know, it's not meant to be presented this way, but we're doing what we got to do to get, you know, the product out there and to keep it going you know during this pandemic so it is what it is and i don't say i've gotten used to it but i've gotten kind of used to it you know, i can kind of i can kind of just put on my all right put on my work hat and let's go let's go to work you know and do what you gotta do i do feel like we've seen a lot of people step up their promo work when like especially in wwe where they can't rely on somebody telling somebody to go out and say all you people like yeah. every single time like the stuff with edge and orton last year i was like oh my god like this is top-notch stuff that all due respect to the people on WrestleMania, I think the most excited I am is to just hear how people react to literally anything. I know, right? Because it's like you don't even really know who's getting over, who's not. <laughs> like, there's no true, true sense of it because whoever's booking the show can really. Vince's dream. <laughs> I know it is. Dream. You can manifest anybody's push and whatever, and there's going to be no backlash, you know, until till those real butts are in the seats again. Oh man! Oh, here, here's sort of a reader question I hadn't even thought to throw your way so toy department cincinnati that was one of the, the early videos you guys did i actually visited that yeah. last week when i got lasik oh cool when you were there you all saw the painted ljn prototype sergeant slaughter right yeah it's a big time piece my boss bought that oh really <laughs> he, he bought that uh, okay. i got a raise off of that piece i was oh, like wow. hey man come and on it was, Go it, on was dr- it was driven to him right Yes. So 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 rare it wasn't trusted in the mail, right? Yes, and he's got like a gigantic LJN collection, very very robust one. One of the he says the most complete there is. Hmm. He asked when you threw out the 10k number for Cardona to pay for that, did you yeah. did you expect that he would buy that? Uh yes and no. Yes and no. He gets and as you can see in those videos and those vlogs, he gets very excitable, you know, pretty Yeah pretty easily and then it could be something in the moment that he'll think is like has to happen and then five hours later he'll be in his hotel room going like what did i just do which i think happens a lot you know he did that there's a um figure it out episode where he buys the big boss man two up the hasbro two up and uh i mean that got out of hand the guy guilt tripped him and said well this would be the exact amount of money i could take my family to disney this year and blah blah, blah. like it got got way out of hand and broski wound up buying it but then he he realized he didn't want it and he flipped it and i think he made a couple bucks on it so nice it's all you know it's, it's, all it's tax deductible for you guys now though right i gotta talk to my guy about it it's gotta be at this point yeah it's gotta be i mean i just got my my uh my my paypal report which i've never had to do before because i've never had like you know money coming in and out of my paypal like this yeah. the money comes in but boy does the money come out and it's all <laughs> figures man i was like yeesh so yeah. so you guys are feuding an impact right now and i, I really dig that it's you saying Listen, I want out of your shadow. I don't want you here. I don't want this. I'm doing this on my own. 
how often do you have the people that come up and they're like, yeah, how do you all do a show together if you're feuding on Impact? Not honestly, not not at all. Because I really? think I think wrestling fans are, are are have moved on from that. Like no one in wrestling is trying to. Do we really think Crazy Steve is from the undead world or whatever? Or yeah, fair. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we play characters. It's like like a movie star. You don't. You know, Tom Cruise isn't a superhero, guys. I'm sorry. I hate to break the news to everyone, but like that's fine. I think that's perfectly acceptable. It's a more intelligent and fun way to perceive the business. I hate the old timers stuff like oh this fuse is never gonna work because you guys are doing a podcast together or whatever it's like no this is a separate thing this is the character i play on this television show it's not they're they're already if they're already a fan they're seeing my social media and seeing that i'm not this ruthless bad guy anyway period i'm a freaking family man hanging out running around my house with shrek ears on with my daughter okay like that's so for us to be so naive to think that that's what people are thinking it's just it's just lame and silly and old and passe like we play characters and we tell stories and that's it. You know, you can't um, sink your teeth into it any more than that. And that's fine. You go yeah. to a movie, you don't go to a movie and sit there and judge the whole time thing. Well, this isn't real. This isn't real. This is real. That's not it. And that's the way you should watch wrestling too. It's the same exact presentation. So, you know, we're not tricking anybody and you're not tricking anybody. And that should be <laughs> the situation moving on. I'm so sick of the old timer, you know, view of that. Um, you're going to get excommunicated by the Church of Scientology for your comments on Tom Cruise, though. Oh, I mean, sorry. That, I mean, well, that, in some circles. All right, I'm sorry. In some circles, he is a superhero. That's, that's my clickbait title right there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> got, got it. Got it. Uh, I know that when you were in WWE for a while, you worked as a backstage producer. How long did you do that, and, and, and how was that? It was like a little over two months. I, uh, I had um, this crazy weird pain very close to my private parts. <laughs> After a Damn. loop, after a loop one time, and I'm just I was I was honestly baffled and uh, slightly concerned. So I finally got to the doctor next day and got it checked out, and it was a hernia. It was just really really low on my ab- abdomen wall. So whatever, I got surgery set up. It's very minor. Two months, you're out. Whatever. I was like, oh, this is actually kind of sweet. And then uh, I had that all set up. Told the office it was all good to go. And then like the next day, Carano called me and said, hey. Vince saw your name on the injury report and he'd like you to uh, be a producer while you're out and learn that side of the business. So uh, that was pretty unique uh, and flattering invitation that I didn't feel like I had to had the opportunity to turn down. Sure. Uh, And I I actually wound up working more hurt than I would have as talent, you know, compared to like my dots in my calendar and what I would have done. So you go in Uh, there with the suit, the full nine when you do that. I'm at both TVs and pay-per-views suit everything you know and, and i i've never been in this element and i'm so so far removed from college or anything like that i was just like i was like I'm, i mean wide-eyed like what's happening people you know because it's just i was so removed from any kind of situation like that i've just been a big dumb wrestler my whole uh, adult life um but it was it was invaluable it was cool i think it made me a better much better performer even because i'm seeing that side or at least seeing what his vision is you know like a deeper i feel like oh I mean, the boys would hate me for saying this, but I feel like everyone should be in that meeting because then we'd all have a better understanding and then we can go go do it and get it done <laughs> instead of like he said, she said, hearing it from the, you know, three, four people down, you know, it's just ridiculous. So, um, but it was invaluable. It was a very, very cool learning experience. But on the flip side, I was, I think I was 18. I was, I was, I don't know, 33. <laughs> so as yeah. soon as I got cleared, I went to Vince and said, hey man, this was so flattering unbelievable learning experience but please please let me wrestle like like father time's gonna get me at some point let's not let's not do it you know on my own how did he how did he respond to that he he said great he said i would just love to have you do it one day when you're ready i said me too pal thanks i mean it's (laughs) pretty cool and i i I, I, I scurried down the hallway thinking oh i don't want to change his mind (laughs) 
I mean, that, that's pretty cool that he has that confidence in you to direct what's going on here. Is yeah, anybody... I totally agree. It was a flattering situation, so I'm, I did not complain about it once. Who did you work with the most? Because I know there are some wrestlers that have, like, like John Cena had Arn there, like, for all of his matches. Was there anybody that they would specifically have you work with? So in that scenario, because I was, like, an intern, I just shadowed oh. every every day. Okay, go with Dean Malenko today. Do whatever he does, and you you basically have his matches, too. So it would basically you'd have me and Dean Malenko, me and Tyson Kidd, you okay. know, whatever. Yeah, so uh, would... that being said, I, I think Tyson Kidd is going to go down as one of the greatest yeah. wrestling producers of all time when when he's when he's ready to give it up because I... he's just getting started and he's just such an asset to the business. I used to get, like, copies of the rundowns, which drove WWE nuts, but I would, like, see a batshit crazy match and I would go back and I'd look at the rundown and it would be, like, yep. TJ Wilson. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Okay, yeah. that's pretty cool. And yeah. and like fans would be really excited to hear that too that somebody who physically was not allowed to do this anymore was yeah. helping put together this awesome Seth Rollins match. Yeah, totally. And then, and he's one of my best friends, but also like kind of my motivation to be like, well, this guy loves wrestling so much that he literally gave his neck for it and he still loves it so much that he's doing this. Yeah. So like I owe it to him that I got to wrestle as long as I physically can. And then I could do this too, you know what I mean? Because he he would uh, would have wanted it that way, you know. He still trains here and there, doesn't he? I see like some stuff he, online here and there. He has like a school in Tampa, I'm pretty sure, and I, I I'm not too sure what the what what the the grounds are of it, but uh, it's, it's something in the works for sure. But he, nice. he's just, he's just he's one of the most passionate uh, guys I've ever come across about the business, and just so knowledgeable. And like I said, he's gonna be he's he's gonna be one of the you know the way people talk about Arn now. They'll be talking about him in a couple of years. Was there anybody else besides him that, that you would work with and you would specifically pick stuff up from and you're like, damn, I like working with this producer? Um, when I was younger, it was always uh, Fit Finley was the one that uh, I always appreciated. And we, we, Matt and I got to wrestle him so many times and, and it, like, pre- it really changed my career, you know, being there with him, like, on a, you know, loops and tours and always, you know, learning from him firsthand. Um, and and he doesn't learn by speaking. He, he he shows you you know physically that way. So that was invaluable. Um, and I I always liked him as a producer too because I think he just he had a unique spin on things that that were made stuff you know a little more uh, creative. I thought. So that WWE return, who gets in contact with you about bringing you back because you were one of the names that we heard at that time, along with like Shelton Benjamin and a couple others when they were like, we got to bolster these rosters because we're splitting them up. Who who gets in touch with you about that? Yeah, I think that's all it was. They 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 decided to split the roster into that draft. And I thought they needed more bodies, and I guess what they decided is that they didn't want they wanted people that knew what they were doing, how to work mm-hmm. WWE style, television style. You know, they wanted guys who could just be thrown on TV like the next day. So they compiled a list. I heard they put it in front of Vince, and Vince handpicked the names off of that he he wanted, and I was one of them. So uh, Mark Carano called me and offered me the job. And again, I mean, you you've got several instances of this where Vince is hand picking you for things like somewhere along the lines in my first run, I had a match and I don't know who or when it was, but Vince like soaked it in. And what he got out of it is that Karakas is a really good hand. Like he's great at what he does. Like he can make other people look great. Something along that, those lines, which is a, a good and bad thing for sure. Like, I don't think he saw me as this like Roman Reigns megastar, but he saw me as someone that knew what he was doing that he could trust, you know, that that wasn't selfish. And and there's a lot to that. I, I take pride in that. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. 
Um, and it got me an insane amount of opportunities, you know, training with the rock or things like this, or even getting this job, you know, the second time around, whatever, or being a producer, you know, so I'm not upset by it by any means, yeah. but that, that's certainly what happened in some capacity. And I mean, I, th- I think that's, that's been proven at this point between the show and, and when you all do videos on YouTube, you've done production work, you've been a wrestler, you're training people and not just training people. It's not like you're training, like you don't have a track record, like top high level people now. So you've got your hands in, in a lot of different things there. I'm surprised WWE did not do with what you all have like they did up, up, down, down. I thought for sure they were going to try to co-opt that. And I know you all had figured it out. <laughs> were were well, there any talks? Uh, there's a lot to that question. One, figure it out was completely Matt and I and a a guy that works for WWE.com. Mm-hmm. No, it was never financed by WWE. We never got a paycheck from it. We're legit spending our own money on, on all those episodes, like not reimbursed, nothing, absolutely nothing. No hotels. We didn't get a rental car, nothing. Waking up early, shooting that stuff on our own. He's editing on his own and putting it up on the YouTube. Um, we we pushed that. We said, hey, this is great. You check it out. We got all the way to like it, somebody. I couldn't even remember his name. He was like the president of the network at the time. And we, we wrote him an email and said, hey, we've been doing this. Take a look at it. And they wrote back like, this is not up to network standards, blah, blah, blah. It could never be aired on the network, blah, blah, blah. A couple of weeks later, it's on the network without our, anyone telling us or anything or saying a word to us. Yeah, so a lot of weird things like that were just, just never, I don't know. It's just nobody cared. Then we literally had the idea for the podcast and went to WWE and said, this is the up, up, down, down of figures. And that yes. makes this company so much money. It's the same exact thing, literally, literally, a, you know, a lateral movement, if you will. I don't know, like, I mean... It, to make more money for everybody and for whatever reason i mean I mean, this is multiple times this wasn't one talk like tw- several times we tried this and uh it just did, like no it went on deaf ears again and to the point where, where someone said don't mention it again so we're just like okay we'll do it on our own and so then a, few God, year, a few years ago on fightful we were looking for a friday show and we were going to do one week video games one week action figures one week merch one week title belts and then i heard your show and i was like well we ain't doing better than that so we're not even going to we're not even going to try that. <laughs> nice. And I mean, you guys have branched out and done a lot of those things. Like it seemed like such a slam dunk idea. And then WWE announces this A&E show. And I don't, I don't want to point fingers or anything, but I'm like, you know, I, I could think of two pretty good hosts to travel <laughs> yep. the country and find rare shit. Hey man, I, for whatever reason, they just did. I mean, I don't know. Okay, I don't have the answers to any of this. I can also tell you this. I don't know if I've ever said this publicly. One of the last things I did for WWE was shoot like the uh, sizzle reel for that. Okay. Like I went up to, uh, which was actually just cool as hell for me as a fanboy. Like I went up to the warehouse and got to like dig through all that cool shit. So I have like pictures of me holding the smoking skull belt. They're yes. like me wearing Jeff Jarrett's light up. Uh, cowboy hat on my phone and stuff and i i spent the day there and shot the like sizzle reel stuff like hey what happens when wwe's treasures are found but whatever you know and then that's what came of it you know so they kind of knew what was going on but i i don't know so it, it's all to me like a big kind of just blessing in disguise because whatever went down with wwe and i don't know because i'm not th- not there anymore that third party stuff and all that yeah i mean something something would have gave something I, I and I don't think in a good way. I think something bad would happen where you know 
that we wouldn't ask to sign it over or ask to give it up. And none of that would have happened if we were there. So yeah, it, it was like, we, we, I think we really avoided an ugly situation. Big, yeah. Big, that, that has affected big... people to varying degrees. Like you see sure. Paige and Adam Cole and they're just like, say something to me. What? what? Cause what, what are they going to say to Paige? <laughs> hey, lady who we don't use and can't wrestle. Don't make almost a million dollars a year. Hey, and... Adam Cole, who makes more off of Twitch than from us. Stop doing that. But I think you, you got the, Jessamine Duke, who is like she she wants to be a pro streamer, so she's on up, up, down, down now. It it affects people in varying degrees. I just um, the money aside, which I understand the money you can't be ignored because some people make some big money doing this. But how can they have control of people's hobbies? Yeah, <laughs> that's really weird to me, man. Like that's crossing a line. Like I think you know. To me, you uh, want your wrestlers doing this because pro wrestlers. Then they're offering more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Impacts, impacts signs me, right? What else am I bringing to the table now? All this stuff I'm bringing, you know, firsthand of Creator Pro and who's there and who's ready to rock and there's future talent. I'm bringing all, you know, the podcast and everything that comes with that. I just think it, I'd rather have a performer like that that's multifaceted and I don't know. It's to, very odd. To like me, said, it goes in. in don't like have a, the answers. To me, it should go in like a circular motion. This is for me, the outside looking in. WWE should be able to, to, recruit people and say hey look what our platform can provide for you you can in your free time go do this twitch and then you hope that it works the other way where people that aren't wrestling fans tune in and they see adam cole streaming a video game and go this guy's cool as hell let me see what he does on wednesdays right yeah i mean i completely agree but you and i don't make those decisions pal yeah that that we don't (laughs) that Uh, we don't Oh man! Uh, shout out to my my boss who did buy that painted LJ and prototype, spending like five hundred dollars to troll me with a Roman Reigns cameo last year. Though I oh, mean that nice. was damn yeah, it's, That's it's expensive cameo. Yeah, it's 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 absurd. So uh, as we wrap up, uh, we've seen a lot of people that that you've teamed with, uh, like go on to do stuff other uh, other places, like Lance Archer. Lance Archer's having a good run in in AEW right now. When, I mean, he had been established before you guys teamed up. But, I mean, obviously that was not like a career height for either one of you guys. What was the mood like when you guys were, were teaming up, knowing that both of you could accomplish there's, so much more? There's a decent amount to this. So, one, I went to FCW, and I want to say within the first week, I got the lay of the land, and I saw he was down there. And I pitched – I basically what, – what I pitched was a spinoff of Rock of Love, which was like a big show at the time. You remember that? I wanted him to be, I forgot what Brett Michaels bodyguard na- name was, but I wanted me to be like the, the, you know, the love Lord. And then he's like my muscle, my roadie or whatever. And like, we'd be a team and fell on deaf ears. And then a year later, they just literally randomly threw us together. That being said, I, and I say this all the time and it's, it, I'm sure it hurts Broski's feelings, but Lance is my favorite tag team bar I ever had. Like we just clicked. Uh, it was just, it, I liked the, the big guy, little guy, like dynamic we had, it like kind of helped out in that regard. We had a lot of kick-ass matches we were like squashing dudes and then we'd run in and leave like Matt Hardy and Christian Lang and beat up MVP and like doing all this cool shit. And then it literally just one day died and like they were just done with it. And I, to this day, don't know why or who or what happened, but like just dead, dead, dead as could be. And I have no idea why. Cause like, obviously we both know what we're doing and we were having fun and I thought it was going somewhere, but, and then he got let go like very quickly after. So I, I have, not a clue why, and I wish that would have got a little more time because I think we were really clicking and having fun. 
Yeah, when when I saw that team come together, it was gosh, ten years ago now. It's like, over man, ten years. Yeah. Like man, that's a, that's a good pair to to put together, and especially as as we've mentioned in the past, WWE doesn't always necessarily put as much stock into their tag division as they should. I was like, it's got that that not little guy because you're not little by any means, but everybody compared to Lance Archer, yeah, of course, looks, looks little. It's got that sort sort of throwback feel to it. Yeah, it was, it was fun. It was it was like so fun. It, I, it's just sad that it was really. If you look back on it, it was so short lived. It was probably I think in totality like a little over three months. It's crazy. Ooh, let's have you rank your tag team partners. I want to make somebody mad. Man, <laughs> I, I honestly my second favorite is Tyler Rex. So Broski's like three. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> Tyler Rex and I we were like. We were, we were we had great chemistry too man we always come up with awesome ideas and uh that was like at that weird time where nxt was like an internet show and nobody gave a flying fuck about it and like there was like that that was the most amount of like no restrictions ever in wwe that i ever yeah. had was being on that show like you could do things that would just fly so under the radar like that's how i established my cane that i ripped off from brian pillman at the ecw arena like i yes. just wanted to have a cane and i literally pitched it and the guy's like sure like the this the writer that shows this guy uh tom Cassiello, and he he had just started and he, i believe he came from uh soap opera so he really not that he familiar did. with wrestling so all these like you know ec3 and fandango and me and rex we would pitch things and he was just be like sure sounds great like not like he hadn't really got the lay of the land yet that you're supposed to like you know kill all these ideas and do whatever you know so he, it was fun as hell though so did, uh, just nobody really saw it did tyler rex now gabby tough did did you ever hear about how john cena went off about the finish being used uh, the, the burning hammer uh either this is one of those things like either I was there or I've heard the story so many times from so many different people that I feel like I was there and I can't. Yeah, tell it, it, so, it was. It was a lot of that. just went up and was like, did, did you do my finish? And I, I had heard this. Mike Bennett told me that that he had done like he was emulating crime times taunt one time and Cena went up to him and he's like, did you do the you can't see me? Oh, man. And, yeah. And Bennett was like, no, sir. No. <laughs> Dude, I mean. In John Cena's defense, Tyler X at the time was doing a burning hammer. John's doing the FU. It's the same exact move, except the guy is positioned one yeah. way or the other. Gabe grabbed the guy and, like, kind of fumble fucked it. So he was facing the same way as FU, and it wasn't oh, FU. Like, I mean, he hit okay. it FU. Like, yeah, I mean, it wasn't much of an argument. Like, he <laughs> messed up. Like, he was in the wrong for sure. I think that was conveniently left out of when I transcribed that story. <laughs> I think, I think. The follow-up is John gave him the talk, like, don't let that happen again. And then he went and did his finish the regular way the very next night. And John still said, hey, what the hell? But he's like, so now I think it's a story of where, like, John never really saw him wrestle probably sure. or didn't know that was his finish. And it's just a big, big, big miscommunication. So uh, as we wrap up, of course, guys, check out Major Wrestling Pod all the stuff that they got there, but figure wrestling Federation live Thursday, April 8th. I am so excited for it, but uh, I mean, tell people what they can, what they can find, what they can look forward to. Like I said, it's just going to be pure fun. It's not, I said, we we're stealing from talking shop. I meant in the way that we made it, how we got it done in the presentation. <laughs> Other than that, we will have like a comedy match on it, but the rest is just going to be a kick-ass pro wrestling show. Like we're trying to like, you know, really get after it. It's not like a goofy this or that um but it should be like a lot of fun and like i said there's a lot of options 
uh, on how you want to take this in. You know, you can order just a stream. You, there's uh, other crazy merch options, including an exclusive micro brawler. It will be the only way to get it. And that will be up for a week. You'll have a week to order this, take it in that stream, and then it dies and it dies forever. And you won't be able to get any of this stuff. So exclusive pin, exclusive trading card, exclusive micro brawler. There's a couple of really cool, like, very unique signed items they'll be super limited so if you're really uh in the hunt you gotta have your finger on the pulse and uh stay tuned to everything major rest figure podcast for more details as they come guys check it out brian myers i want to thank you so much for being so generous with your time i've been after this interview for a while so glad we could finally make it happen thank you so much Thanks, man. I hope it was worth your while. It, it was. Got, <laughs> got, got lots of the clickbait out of there it. There you go. Whatever you want. Yeah. Tom Cruise is seething right now. Uh, here, this would be a clickbait. Uh, Brian Myers says MJF is the second best Max to ever come out of Creator Pro. Fantastic. <laughs> Until next time, guys, we're out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.